You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Although life is a journey, sometimes you just feel like you've reached the end. Life isn't a straight line. It has so many twists and turns, things around the bend that we never saw coming. Tragedy, sorrow, disappointment, trauma. It's a lot, and it's so easy just to get lost in the weight of it all. Have you ever felt like the world was against you? That even God was against you? I've prayed and cried. Why is peace so hard to find? God, are you with me on this journey? I'm not going to give up. I can't give up. I just wish I could understand what I'm supposed to do. I didn't know things would be this hard. God, where are you? Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Good. I'm glad to hear it. I don't know how good your morning has been, but for me, I'm going through kind of what I would probably call a mid-midlife crisis. Um, For those of you I haven't met, my name is Pastor Nick, and normally I work over with the students on Sunday mornings over in the other room over there. Um, So because of that, I find myself a lot of times either in here um, conversing with adults or um, conversing with students that are a lot younger than me. And as parents, as some of you, I'm sure you guys have felt, there's always that dilemma of, Uh, I don't think I'm as old as I really am, but then my kids or whoever might be probably think I'm older than what I really am. And I feel like I went through that for the first time today because I'm coming in and I knew I was going to be preaching today. Pastor Stan is obviously on vacation, um, so he'll be back next week. But I found myself trying to figure out, okay, how can I just start by conversing with you? How can I let people know how I'm doing since it's been a while since I've been up here? And I'm thinking through and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll say like a great joke about the weather or something like that, it being rainy outside. And sure enough, I'm thinking back to every time I try to say a joke like that, one of the students inevitably tells me like, that is the most dad joke, dad joke I have ever seen. So all that to say, this is me making sure I don't seem like I'm giving dad jokes. And this is me just saying, I'm happy to be here. So I'm not saying any jokes to you, even though I am. Make sense? Great. Perfect. But as you saw in the video, we're, uh, we're starting a new series this week that we'll be talking about today and next week on the book of Ruth. And if you've read the book of Ruth, some of you might be familiar with it, some of you might not. But before we jump into Ruth's story, um, I felt like it was important for us to really meditate on the question that that video just introduced us to. And I want to encourage you to just take a moment and think about that question of have you ever had a moment in your life where you might have thought God should be moving, but you found yourself asking God, where are you? Have you found yourself in a struggle where you're just, you know that you've been faithful to God, you know God's faithful, and yet when you're looking around, you're like, but where is he? Or maybe you look back in life and you're like, God, it would be really nice to gain some clarity on where you were on that one, because that one was definitely a doozy. I'm a Yankee fan, so I think Yogi Berra said it best. He always said the comment, you can observe a lot by watching. Pretty straightforward. 
that if we're just looking at something or if we're just observing something, then we should be able to see what it is that we're looking for in that moment. And yet we find ourselves at times looking for God and trying to see, God, how are you navigating this situation? And yet, as much as we're looking for him, he's nowhere to be found. Why is that? As someone who enjoys hiking, I love being outside. I think I got a lot of clarity in this question uh, when I actually was on a trip just a couple weeks ago. Uh, I got a couple of friends from Florida who we have now done four years in a row where we've gone on a hiking trip together for a long weekend on the Appalachian Trail. So that happened just the other week. And I got to tell you, that trip is probably the highlight of my year. I look forward to that trip more than any other weekend that could be coming out in the year. And I would actually say that it's probably my wife's favorite trip of the year as well. Because by, by the time that weekend actually comes, my wife Natalie is probably ready for me to be out of the house. Because it might only be a two-day trip, but really what happens is that turns into a month-long event in the actual household. Wives, have you ever had a husband do a project that just kind of consumes everything that's going on around the place? So when I'm getting ready to go on this trip, a couple weeks before that, I'm taking out all my stuff. I got my sleeping bag in the bed. I got my tent out on the patio. I got all my cookware in the kitchen. I mean, literally everywhere in the house has a piece of my camping equipment because I just, you know, I got to make sure it's ready to go so that if a bear or something like that comes after me, I'm, I'm ready for it. And so my wife's like, I'm happy you're excited. Get everything out and give me my house back. So I'm going on the trip. And I meet up my friends and we're excited. We're camping out by the car. We're getting ready for this next couple days of hiking. And I do what I think most people would do in that moment. I just start looking at the map. And I start planning out and seeing where is it that I'm actually gonna be going over these next couple days. And so I wanna show you a quick picture of the trail, of the map that I went on with my friends. And this is basically just a quick two-day trip, about 20 miles, nothing crazy about what we see here. We see where I'm starting, we see where we're gonna finish, we see places where we can camp, places where we can get water. There's actually a spot there on the left that shows a little camera, that's a good spot to take a good picture with your friends. And so when I'm getting ready for the trip, I'm looking at this map, I'm like, all right, the next couple days is gonna be pretty fun. We're gonna have a great time. But the problem with this map and the problem with this picture is that it's just giving me a bird's eye view, right? It's just letting me see where is it that I'm going to start, where is it that I'm going to end, and all the little places in between. But as a Florida boy, I had to learn the hard way a couple years ago that there's something that this map isn't showing me, and it's a little thing called elevation, right? So if you've ever been out hiking in any kind of high elevation, you know that just because you can see where you're going doesn't mean it's going to be that easy. So here's the other picture of the same exact trip but with a little bit of a different angle, right? This trip or this map shows you the high points, the low points, the times where you think you've reached the high point, but really you got a lot more to keep going. And it actually gives you a more clearer picture of what those two days of hiking are actually gonna look like. And I would say that this picture and the picture before it give us a pretty good depiction of how it is that we go about life. And I think for most of us, when we're planning out life or we're thinking about where we're going to be going with our entire life plan, we tend to look at it as a bird's eye view. We might just look at it kind of seeing, I know where I am right now. I know where I'm going to be. And here are the check marks that I want to hit in between there. So for you, it might be, I know what school I want to get into. 
I know what degree I want to get. I know when I want to meet the love of my life. We want to have this many kids. I'm hoping my career gets me here, and I hope when we retire, we end up here, wherever it might be. And we go about planning our life really just thinking about the high points, but we forget to realize that as many high points there are in life, there can also be some low points as well. There can be points where it's like, I had a plan to go to this school, but those student loans were a lot more than what I thought they were going to be. Or I thought this was going to be my career path, but I woke up one morning with COVID and the next thing I know that job's not there anymore. Or the love of my life, we've met, things are going great, and then there's a diagnosis that's just like, oh, we didn't see that coming. And I think it's the low points in life or the points where we're struggling or we're trying to understand this isn't the way I planned it that we find ourselves looking, God, where are you in this moment? Or we're trying to find him at work and it's just like we can't see him as clearly as when the times are going really well. And if we're not careful, we end up getting to the point where we stop even looking for God altogether and we're just like, uh, I don't think he's here. I don't think he's really doing anything for my life right now. It's the low times that we end up asking ourselves, God, where are you? And the thing that I want us to leave with today, and if you can only remember one thing, it's this that we're all going to go through low points and we all have high times and we all have low times. But in the midst of those low times, when it becomes hard for us to see God working in our life, the thing that we have to remember is just because we don't see him at work doesn't mean that he's not at work. And just because we don't see him at work doesn't mean that we can't trust him in those moments to still be navigating our lives. And that's what we see playing out in the story of Ruth today. And if you've never read the story of Ruth, you can literally read it in 15 minutes. It's only a couple of short pages. And I encourage you, take some time this week to go about and read it for yourself. But today, we're going to be focusing really on the story of Ruth at the beginning and her mother-in-law, Naomi. And we're going to see these two women who really go through a very tough time in life. And they struggle and they just have moment after moment where they think things couldn't get any worse and yet things get worse. But in the midst of that, we're going to see how God had a plan for them all along. And God was working in their life not only for their good, but for the good of their people and for the good of really all of mankind. And what we're going to see is how these two women really responded to life in very different ways. But because of how they responded, it didn't change the fact that God was at work in their life but it changed how their life was being perceived as a testimony of how good God is. And so as we're getting into the story of Ruth today, I'm just gonna ask you before we jump into the word, if we can just pray for one quick minute. Can you bow your heads with me? Lord, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to come together and worship this morning. And God, I don't know where every person in the room is right now, God. Some of us, maybe things are going really well. Some of us are struggling, but Lord, I just ask that you open our hearts to receive you and receive your word right now. God, to make your presence known so that when we leave here today, we're understanding how it is that we can glorify you a little bit more. We love you. We thank you. Your name we pray. Amen. So as we look at the story of Ruth, what we actually see is that the story starts off with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And starting in Ruth 1, verse 1, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, There was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife 
and his two sons. So Naomi and her husband were living in Bethlehem. They had two kids. They were a very normal family. But what we see here is that they're going through a financial and economic struggle that was hitting everyone else in the country as well. This famine meant that we have no food to provide for our kids. We can't make ends meet. And they do something that I think most of us would say that's a pretty logical next step. But they make the decision, if it's not working here, maybe we can just pick up and try to start fresh somewhere else. If it's not working here, maybe it can work better for us somewhere else. So if we take a look at this map, we'll see that they went up north of Judah, all the way around the Dead Sea, and they end up in that country over there, Moab. So literally what they're doing is they are going overseas to a foreign country, to a culture that they know nothing about. They don't know any of the people there in hopes that things were going so bad for us at home, maybe with this stroke of good luck, it might turn out better for us in this new place. And then we see things get worse. It says Elimelech, in verse 3, the husband of Naomi died. And she was left with her two sons. And these sons took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other, Ruth. And they lived there for about 10 years. And then both sons died. So that the woman was left without her two sons and without her husband. You see, Naomi thought she hit a low point in life. She left because of financial struggle. She left because things were going tough. And she's like, maybe if I go over here, things might turn out better. And when she thought she hit a low point of life, she just kept going lower and lower. And she became a widow, and she became um, a mom that lost both of her boys. And so the, the moment that she thought things were tough, things actually got worse. And this is the hard thing that I think we all struggle with, is that Naomi didn't do anything to deserve what happened to her. I think so many times we try to look for, well, what was it that she did that caused this curse to happen? Or what was it that was happening that made her go through this bad situation? But really, it's just a moment that she just had one bad event after another. That even if she was looking for God working in her life, she would be sitting there in a time of financial struggle, losing her family, that I think it would be hard for anyone to see God at work. And she might be asking herself, Why? Why is this happening to me? And when we find ourselves in times like that, we can be very much like Naomi and simply we just have to realize that there's going to be moments in our life that we don't understand. That we can try to understand why is it that this is happening for minutes, for hours, for days, or even years. But if we sit here and we try to focus on the why, why am I going through this career change? Why am I going through this breakup? Why are things panning out the way they are? We could be looking at that for years, and yet we might find ourselves at the same exact answer. We just don't know. But our faith isn't about simply just transitioning out of the tough times. Our faith is about how do we respond in those tough moments? How can we continue to respond in a positive way? Because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves turning into a person and it's finding ourselves in that situation acting in a way that we didn't want to act in the first place. And that's also what we see happen to Naomi. You see, when Naomi lost her husband and she lost her sons, she finally made the decision, you know what? I think I'm going to go back home. I try to start fresh here. Clearly it's not working, so I'm going to try to go start again back home. 
And so when she gets home, finally she's met with her friends and her friends are like, Naomi, it's good to see you. But look what Naomi says to them. She says, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and then the Lord has brought me back empty. So a little note here, the name Naomi, her original name was actually the Hebrew word for pleasant. And so when she came back, she's like, don't call me pleasant anymore because I'm not pleasant. Call me Mara, which meant bitter. Which meant that she was actually making the statement that I used to be pleasant with my life, but now I am simply bitter. And when we remember, why is it that she left? She left because she was struggling. She left because her family couldn't make ends meet. And yet in this verse, she's saying, when I left, that's a point in my life when I was full. But now that I've gone through even tougher times, things are worse than they ever were. I wish I could go back to the time that I thought things were tough because that was a lot better than what I'm dealing with right now. I don't know if it's just me or not, but whenever I go on Instagram, there's a, there's a picture that comes up and it says, I wish I was as skinny as I was the first time I thought I was fat. Has anyone ever seen that or is that just me? Is that an algorithm? I don't know. But that's what she's going through here. I wish I could go back to the first time I thought life was tough because that was a lot better than I was right here. And what she finds herself doing is she's letting her circumstance change the way that she saw what God was doing in her life. Look at this next verse. She says, why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So she saw everything tough going on in her life and she finally got to the point where it's like, God must be out to get me. It's almost like she put on a pair of sunglasses when she was outside and just made a lens where it made everything look darker to her. That instead of allowing her faith in God to change the way she saw life, she saw the bad parts of life and it allowed her to change the way that she saw God working in her life. And what I want to encourage you with today is that if we're not careful, when we find ourselves in times where we just don't understand how God's working, if we don't pay attention to what's going on, we can allow ourselves to enter into a place of bitterness. And we can allow ourselves to enter into a place where we're just looking for reasons to complain. We're looking for reasons to say, God, why, why would you let this happen to me? And I think a lot of times we might say, well, that's, that's very far down the road. That's, that's not something I would ever say. But I would encourage you to realize that some of us might not say it, but it's definitely the way that we're responding to life. It's definitely the way we think. And we all have those trigger points, whatever it might be for you, that make us say, you know what? This is going to change the way that I go about my day, or this is going to change the way I go about my week. I mean, you turn on the news for five minutes and it's very clear that we live in a very imperfect world, amen? But you can just have that figured out if you look around your house, when you look around what's going on in your life. I mean, in a year like 2020, we can all say, you know what? I thought 2020 was bad, but take me out of election 2020 and bring me over to what it was before this because things are just tough. But some of us are going through financial struggles. Some of us are going through just tough conversations with loved ones. And if we're honest, we have those things that cause us to think, man, things just aren't going to get better. And if we're not careful and if we're not aware, we allow those things to affect the way we go about our entire lives. But we can't allow our life circumstance to affect the way that we live 
we have to allow who we live for to affect the way we go about our life circumstance. And that's the difference we see in Ruth's life. You see, Naomi went through a struggle and Naomi got bitter and her life just became one of pessimism. But Ruth was going through the exact same thing. Ruth married into a family at a time where a woman would be with a man and said, I'm coming into your family for financial support, for guidance. I was going to listen to whatever faith that it is that your family believes. Ruth completely committed to a husband that what? Ends up dying. And Ruth lost everything the same way Naomi lost everything. In fact, when Naomi was going back home, she told her daughter-in-law, listen, if you guys come with me, there's going to be nothing for you over there. Things are only going to be worse for you, so you're better off just going back home. Go back to your mom and dad. Go back to the place you came from and try, if you can, to try to make ends meet. Try to make somewhat of a better life for yourself there. But listen to what Ruth said when she was responding. She said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. And this is the first thing that we can see playing out in Ruth's life, that when we find ourselves in moments of struggle, when we find ourselves in tough times, in times of adversity, we can allow that to be an opportunity for God to shine through us. You see, Ruth's circumstance wasn't any different than what Naomi was going through. But instead of allowing the fact that she lost her husband change the way she went about life, Ruth doubled down and was like, you know what? These are the commitments I made. I'm not going to allow my circumstance to change the commitments of my life that I've made. And I'm actually going to continue to follow you. You're going to go home to this foreign land to me. It might be tougher than the situation I'm going through now, but I know the family that I was called to be in, and I'm going to continue to follow you all the days of my life. And because of that, we see Ruth living in a state of faithfulness to God as opposed to living in a state of bitterness because of what was going on to her. And what we see happen in the story, and I don't want to go into all the details because Pastor Stan has to talk about that next week, so you'll have to come back to get the details. But what I do want to share is what we see at the very end of Ruth's story is that when she goes with Naomi, when she goes with her mother-in-law back to this land, she ends up getting married. She ends up having a family. Things go really well. But she ends up having a son who has a son who has a son whose great-grandson becomes David. And David becomes the king of Israel, and he ends up having a descendant named Jesus, who ends up being the savior of the entire world. Now think about that for a second. Ruth was living in a time in a foreign country that lived in a place that they never even thought about the concept of having a king. They never thought they were going to have a ruler. They never thought they were going to live outside of this idea that we just have pockets of people that know each other. And it was a woman going through a tough time. And yet, despite of that, God knew exactly who her kids were going to be. He knew exactly the government that he was bringing to the people of Israel. He knew exactly the line that he was going to be bringing a savior to the world. So in the midst of Ruth's tough circumstance, not only did God work things out for her betterment, but he worked out things for all of humanity in a way that she never could have fathomed. And when we look back at her life right now, we can say she wasn't wasn't a woman who was bitter, 
but she remained faithful. And because of her faithfulness, we see how God was able to work in her life. And that brings us to the thing that I want to close with. And it's the fact that God constantly watches over us. He constantly watches over his people and he works out our circumstances for our good. When we find ourselves in the low points of life, we don't necessarily know what that good circumstance is going to look like. And our life might not work out the way that we originally planned. But the thing that we know because of who God is and because of God's character, we know he is faithful. And we know that he's going to work out our lives for our betterment in a way that we can never imagine. Even if our circumstances don't change, we have a hope in knowing that we are forever and for eternity in relationship with God because of what he has already done, what he's already planned out for us. And that goes all the way back to what Jesus did on the cross. It's a hope that we hold on to, not in our circumstance, but in who God is. And that's what we can pull from Ruth's story. And so as we close here today, the thing that I just want to finish with is obviously we know we all go through tough circumstances. And we all know that it's a lot easier to talk about how we should think in tough circumstances than the way we actually want to think in tough circumstances. I mean, if you've ever talked to a runner, have you guys ever heard a runner say, oh, there's always that wall. You just got to run through the wall. Well, I'm not a runner. So if I ever try to go out for a run, telling me that there's a wall I'm going to break through doesn't help me actually get through that wall. It doesn't help me feel any better in the moment that I'm running. So what I want to do is just give us some real quick ideas that we need to remember when we find ourselves in those moments in life where we're just struggling. And then I also just want to give us some quick, tangible things that we can do to help us remind us of those things. And the first one is this. We need to remember when we find ourselves in tough times, God is both sovereign and good. God is good and he has a good plan for us and he knows what he is doing. And his plan is ultimately going to be for our good, whether or not we know it or not. And the best way for us to realize that is just simply to get into his word. Take some time to get into scripture and see what God says about himself. See what God says about his faithfulness and his love for you and the way he cares about people. I think so many times we find ourselves on social media and we can see someone who posts something about what they think about God. But if we can actually get into his word and see for ourselves, we might not even know what it is that we're reading, but at least we're seeing God's character revealed to us. And I encourage you to do that this week. Start with the story of Ruth. It'll take you 15 minutes. In fact, uh, if you have your notes, you can write this down. There's a, there's a Bible study in the, in the Bible app called Ruth, A Story of Righteousness. Go and search that, and in five days, you'll be able to read the story of how God worked in Ruth's life. But we have to remember that God is sovereign and good. Number two, when we find ourselves in times of struggle, we have to remember that God is faithful to his promises. That the way that he's going to work things out for our good doesn't necessarily mean it's going to line up with what we thought life was going to look like. But God has a plan that's greater than anything we can imagine. And the way that we can remember that is simply by taking some time. Write a list. How have you seen God work in your life? 
And I promise you, if you start writing down how you've seen God at work, you're going to start seeing more and more, oh, God was working in my life in ways I never even imagined. I think back to these guys that I go on hiking trips with, and I think back to the first time we went. And luckily, I don't always think about how miserable we felt after that trip, right? Because there were some miserable moments on that trip. But what I can remember is the fact that four years later, I'm still in relationship with these guys. They're guys that I talk to weekly, that we pray with one another, that we encourage one another about our families, that there's relationships that were built out of a tough time that are the moments that I appreciate and am thankful for during that time. So take some time to write down, God, how have you been faithful in my life? Because it's those times that keep us in the mindset that God's gonna continue to be faithful to his promise. And then finally, we need to remember that God is always working for your good. He's not necessarily working for Nick's definition of good, but he's always working for what actually is good for Nick. And that all starts back to what he did when he sent his son to die on the cross for us. That life might be tough and life might have struggles, but ultimately there's a salvation and a hope that we hold on to that is ultimately our good forever. And so as we close today, I'm just gonna ask you quickly to just bow your heads and we're gonna end today in prayer. But I'm going to ask you guys um, just two questions. And if one of these questions is you today, I'm just going to ask you to please slip your hand up without thinking about who's around you. Um, Because I'd love to just agree with you in prayer. But the first question is, if you're somebody who you know, I have a relationship with God, I've accepted Jesus into my life, and yet there's some things in my life that I just still hold on to. There's things in my life that I'm still looking God I could really use you moving in my life in this part right now. If that's you and you know what that thing is, if you could just raise your hand real quick because I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. And then my other question is, if you're someone who's like, you know what, I'm hearing this. I know God works for our good, but I've never actually started that relationship to ask God to work in my life that I've actually never invited God to be on this journey with me because I know that I need him. If you're someone that hasn't made that commitment to accept Jesus as your savior, and that's something that you want to do today, if that's you, if you could just raise your hand real quick because we'd love to pray with you as well. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Father God, we just thank you for, for who you are that you are a loving father, that you're someone who cares about us, that didn't just abandon us when we turned our back to you. But like Travis saying about you ran after us with a reckless love, that you did everything in order to reconcile us to you again. And God, I ask that as we leave here today, Lord, you know what each and every one of us is going through. You know the struggles in our heart. You know the things that we're happy about and the things that we're just feeling rock bottom about. And God, for those of us that raised our hand and for those of us who didn't today, Lord, we just surrender the things that we're struggling with with you right now. And God, we just invite you in and we ask you, Lord, take control. 
and show us how it is that you're working and help us to be faithful to you when it's tough. Because we know that you are loving God and you're working for us. And we trust that when we leave here today. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.